Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Vedic Astrology. I love this conversation. There were so many amazing awarenesses. I'm excited to have you guys listen to it. I've done tons of astrology readings and even Vedic astrology readings, and there were still things that I learned from our guest today. So before we dive in there, I also want to announce that I am doing a four-day workshop called Stop Downing That Voice Inside of You. And we are going to be talking about how to really break through your blocks and how to consciously design your most fulfilling life. So on day one, we'll talk about how the truth will set you free. Um, On day two, I'm going to give you all kinds of different ways to break through your blocks. And on day three, we're really going to get into the creation of your unique, fulfilling life. And on day four, we'll wrap it up with designing um, and having divine guidance in that design process and really tapping into your intuition to activate everything. So this is a completely free workshop. You can register at thesoulfrequency.com forward slash listen. And I will look forward to seeing you there and helping you design your most fulfilling life. So today we have uh, Dr. Katie Jane on the show. She is named one of the top 75 yogis who are shifting the planet by Origin Magazine. She's a Vedic scholar and astrologer who traveled India interviewing saints and yogis for her doctoral research. She gives trainings in Sanskrit, the Vedas, and classical yoga to help yoga practitioners access the wisdom teachings at the core of their practice. She also coaches seekers at crucial transitions to develop successful life strategies with the guiding light of Joytisha. She divides her time between the United States and India, where she leads spiritual retreats to the Holy Himalayas. With no further ado, please help me welcome Dr. Katie Jane to the show. Hi, Dr. Katie Jane. I'm so happy you're here with us today. I am so delighted to be here also, Shauna. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, and I'm just so fascinated. I want to know so many things, and I'm sure everybody that's listening is going to love hearing all of these things too. So so we're going to be talking about definitely Vedic astrology and kind of how to safeguard your mind with that. We're going to be talking about Sanskrit, and we've never really talked about this stuff on the show. So I want to I want to dive into those topics deeply. And before we do, I want to teach everybody a little about you and your journey and how you came to studying and teaching Vedic astrology in Sanskrit. Oh, yeah, that's a really long story that I need to encapsulate um, with the highlights. But I, I first got interested in India as a child, attending church, actually. Um, 
I, my parents were war refugees. And when we attended church, we actually attended a very liberal church and the minister was a civil rights activist. And it just amazed me when he spoke about Gandhi and that a country could win its independence without firing a single shot, you know, given my background with my parents and family and everything and the trauma of that. So I got really interested in India and, and wanted to go to India from, from that early age. And then when I was in high school, I had a really uh, tragic thing happen to me. Uh, I, I lost five friends in a car accident that I should have been in, but wasn't. So I narrowly escaped death. And that experience really shifted something in me. At a, also at a really early age, it made me a seeker. It made me want something deeper than what I, I felt was a surface life. And it just so happened at the same time, my high school English teacher gave me a copy of an autobiography of a yogi, which changed my whole life. It's, that's a whole other story. But I read this book kind of like all in one go under the covers at night with a flashlight kind of thing and devoured it. And after reading it, I just felt like, I have to go and and seek um, enlightenment, basically. I, I wanted to find a guru. So I dropped out of college. By the time I had gotten to college, I was completely over it. And I dropped out and bought a one-way ticket to Nepal in search of, of a yoga guru, of a master. And in the process of going to Nepal, I ended up getting exposed to Sanskrit. I ended up living with a Brahmin priest family um, for six months. And during that time, I was exposed to daily chanting of Sanskrit in the house. And it really, I mean, just that alone really transformed my life. In any case, that led me to study religious studies at the University of California in Santa Barbara. And, and Sanskrit in particular, I really wanted to get at the root of why we're here, who we are and why we're here. And that led me to this deep study of religious studies, especially uh, a, a consideration of the Vedas and Sanskrit uh, in India, the history of the Vedas. Anyway, um, that led me to become a professor and I didn't really like being a professor <laughs> and started studying astrology on the side and not with any professional ambition or anything, but just because I was really interested in this body of knowledge called the Vedas and astrology forms a really key part of it. It's a key part of awakening to who you are and why you're here. And so I was intrigued with it from that angle. My sister, on the other hand, um, was interested in having me read her chart and all of her co-workers charts. 
she was working at this company that was going to make her department redundant and all these people were going to be losing their jobs. So she asked me if I would read their charts. Um, and I just, I said, okay, but just as a hobby, you know, I don't really know much. And just doing that launched what I do today, 20 years later. Those women told their friends and their friends and their friends. And then the next thing I know, I've got this vibrant practice in coaching people and counseling people using this beautiful tool of Vedic astrology. It's so amazing. It's such a natural, you know, like your purpose just naturally blossoming, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And being able to share that. And so what is the difference between Vedic astrology and, and the astrology that most people know of? Yeah, that is huge question um, that that requires a lot of astronomical knowledge. Usually when people ask that, they wish they hadn't if I launch <laughs> if I launch into that. But really simply, Western astrology focuses on your sun sign, your tropical sun sign. And that oftentimes isn't as accurate as Vedic astrology. Vedic astrology focuses on something beyond the sun to 27 star constellations that make up the Vedic zodiac. That's why it's called sidereal. It's a sidereal system, meaning it pertains to stars. And each one of these stars is a soul archetype that is deeper than the sun, like the sun indicates your ego, your personality, your um, identity, your, your star archetype teaches us something about where you come from, like your past life impressions. It teaches us about how that informs your destiny in this lifetime. And it can also show us where the fruits of this lifetime are leading to in the future birth. So it encompasses something really big beyond, you know, whether I'm an Aries or a Libra or Scorpio or whatever. And what are the, is the star system something totally separate from Western astrology? Like there's no, this is what relates to this. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that both systems use the same language mm. because they're using the same language but they're talking about something different. It's it it's the backdrop that that differentiates the two systems. Like in the western system, it's the backdrop are the four seasons of the year and the and the apparent movement of the sun according to the equinoxes the vedic system deals with a bigger backdrop of time ages and ages of time that are beyond our our calculation of the annual year and the annual cycle the vedic system of the zodiac which is designed to calculate time encompasses trillions and trillions of years in one round of creation 
and dissolution and then creation again. I mean, it's the Vedic concept of time. That's a whole other subject, but it's mind blowing. So, so these 27, what did you star? Yeah. Archetypes. Archetypes. So Mm -hmm. if you know somebody's star archetype, what do you derive from that? I mean, what can you derive from knowing a star archetype? Oh my God. So many things you can know most importantly, what Joseph Campbell calls the myth that you live by the Mm -hmm. repetitive pattern, your life story. We, we think our life story is so unique that it's just all because of all the, the unique things that happen in this particular time and space. But what, what we learn from these archetypes, these 27 star constellations, is that your story has been told over and over and over again through repetitive patterns involving this star that teach us about signs and symbols, and we put those together and it becomes a myth and it becomes a story. And it's really interesting that the star that you're most connected to plays out as the repetitive events of your life, like the same kinds of uh, family karmas that repeat, the same relationship karmas, the same job, financial, all the things people are, are obsessed with because they, they wake up like all of us do at three in the morning with that realization that, oh my God, I'm in a pattern. How can I get off this week? Right. So that's that that's like one of the most important things is that it reveals something that we're bigger than what we think we are. And we're given this story not to frustrate us, but to work with it, to co-participate with it. It's like being given a script. And you you have to to act out that role. That that's um, something that brings a completely different quality to your life experience. Rather than feeling like everything just happens to me, I can actually um, understand the the repetitive pattern. First of all, I can observe that there's a repetitive pattern but I can understand the storyline. I can understand the plot and my role in it and, and all that I bring to that role. So your star can also reveal something vitally important, I think, for all of us to know about ourselves. And that is our core power. Our core power, that the, the part of ourselves that will never, ever, ever fail you no matter what. And it's usually the thing that we doubt the most about ourselves. How interesting. You know, like there's, (laughs) there's one star that, that has the power to um, bring invincibility and inability to, to lose. And yet those people always think that they're losing or that they could lose, or they're afraid of losing because we're instinctively afraid or we're talked out of or 
um, conditioned to doubt ourselves, to doubt the, the parts of ourselves that are givens at birth that equip us to deal with our repetitive patterns. Then they become life lessons. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You can see why I've been obsessed for so many yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. And I've had, I've had a, a Vedic astrology reading before, but never explained in this way. This is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that's why it's more than astrology. Yeah. I, I feel like astrology just minimizes what this actually is. The, the word in Sanskrit for Vedic astrology is more revealing that word is jyotisha. Jyotisha means to cast light upon, to open your eye of wisdom. It's actually a healing technique. It, it heals the deepest part of our psychology that causes us to suffer or to experience suffering. And that is our self-perception, who we think we are. And that's oftentimes projected upon us uh, by, you know, our parents, school, everybody, peer, peer group. And, and, and yet this is the corrective to that, to say, no, I mean, you're, you're suffering because you're trying to be something other than what you are. And therefore, of course, you're setting yourself up for failure and frustration. So in the culture, um, in India, yeah, are they looking at, the Vedic astrology of like children per se, and like taking that into account and in how the child is raised or what they're directed. I mean, how, how prevalent is this in the needing and wanting to understand our true self? Well, in, in modern India, Vedic astrology is predominantly used to arrange marriages. And in that way, it, it really um, helps to understand the temperament of your child when you're, when you're betrothing them to somebody. And, and it's the parent's responsibility to make sure that, that their kid is happy in their marriage. So it's used that way in modern times. But it, it has a much deeper history. And yes, every, every Hindu family would have the birth chart cast of the child the moment the child is born. And, and that birth chart, it's called the Janam Kundali in, in Sanskrit, is the owner's manual for the parents of that child. First of all, it gives the child his or her name. This is really fascinating about the traditional use of Vedic astrology or Jyotisha. When a child is born, they're, they're, the moon is transiting one of these 27 stars. That star, that, that transit of that star has a particular sound associated with it. All of the stars actually have what are called in Sanskrit bija syllables or seed syllables, core sounds that express their totality, express their core power. So when a child is born, they're given a name 
with that sound. So that every time you say their name, every time you call them, you're invoking their connection to the universe. It's That's so powerful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That, that is so powerful. Um, and, and it can be, of course, used so beautifully. I've, I've helped so many parents with their children understand them better and their propensities through Jyotisha to be able to see what, what they'll be good at, um, what, what their, their natural talents are what their struggles might be and how you can help identify them and, and direct them in, a, in the right way or get them the right resources. It's, it's really powerful knowledge, I think, for parents, for anybody, but especially when you're given the task of guiding a, a child's life. Absolutely. I mean, we, I have a son who is eight and we have mm. continued to look, you know, into all kinds of things. Like we're always doing, you know, we did his chart when he was born and, mm. and then looking at, you know, and it's so fascinating because in the world, you know, that I live in where so many of my wonderful friends are psychics and intuitives and, you know, various energy workers and things of that nature. There's just been so much powerful and valuable information given to us over the years mm -hmm. that completely had me rethink parenting and, mm -hmm. and how we brought him up to really honor who he is. Like, it's yes. not about, you know, the child I want to have, or my husband wants to have. It's like, who is this being, this sweet soul who came to us and, and what is going to best serve him, you know, and support him in becoming who he is. And so mm -hmm. it's just been a really beautiful journey. And there are certain things that I know, like that I learned about him that would never have, like, I, it would have never dawned on me. Like, I just would have never considered mm -hmm. certain things. Therefore I would have done it totally differently. And, and I, yes. and I wouldn't have probably been very generous for him. Yes. Well, that's how most of us have been raised. We've been raised by perhaps well-meaning parents who are stabbing in the dark right. they're they're reaching in the dark they don't know who you are they only have themselves to project upon you and that's what we that's what we mostly do we project ourselves we think everybody is like us when in fact there are according to vedic astrology 27 distinct nuances of the human personality it's so interesting. So did you uh, know about this before you married your husband? And did you guys check your astrology? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we connected at first. Um, I read his chart. And it was such an interesting chart. Because I felt like if I if I folded the chart in half, it would make a complete whole. All of wow. my planets are exactly opposite all of his planets. And we've had that kind of life, like in 1987, when I was flying to India, Nepal for the first time, my husband was flying to Chicago for the first time, e exactly the same month and most likely around the same day. Wow. Exact opposites. I was pursuing 
spirituality and yoga and, and Sanskrit, and he was becoming an engineer. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, so we it I definitely um was surprised I I when I saw his chart in comparison to mine. I mean, immediately I thought of my chart next to his. <laughs> I don't know so why. Great. It just it just fit. Yeah. That's so great. And and so what are some of the other like valuable applications of Vedic astrology that can help people? you know, just really with the different things that people go through, like, what do you see in your practice or when you've been reading charts that is valuable to people? Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's a big question. And I think it's subjective to people. I never think about that so much when I'm giving a reading. Um, only afterwards when they tell me what was helpful for them. Sure. Um, but, you know, the standard questions, relationships, number one, health, um, job, career, what's the best job? What's the best career? Um, how do I mitigate a family conflict? How can I understand my mother, my father, my sister better? Um, how can I make sense of something that keeps happening to me over and over and over again that I can't shake? I mean, these are the kinds of scenarios in general that people bring me, the categories of, of questions and experiences. And it's so unique to the requirements of their personality fulfillment. I mean, each, each one of the star constellations of Vedic astrology has something called dharma associated with it. Dharma meaning your purpose, the, the meaning of your life, but, but how it unfolds as your purpose and all the things that happen that may seem like they contradict your purpose. So to answer all of those questions, I always have to make reference to what, what is this person here in this life to learn? What are they here to gain in terms of experience that can help them evolve because this this system is based on an understanding of spiritual evolution. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so um so you do you have courses to teach some of this stuff too. Can you talk about some of the courses that you have? Yes, I am really excited because this year I started something new that I just think is so good. I've, I've been teaching courses for a long time, um, at least over a decade, online, standalone courses, training people to get the skills and the knowledge to be able to read astrological charts. I just think that's such an empowering thing, even if even if you never become a professional astrologer, it's just so wonderful to be able to read your chart and the people that are close to you to understand them better. So I started um, a learning community called the Rising Star Collective, and it's, it's a wonderful, easy way to learn Vedic astrology according to the way I perceive Vedic astrology as Jyotisha. 
and it's um, taught also in community. So in addition to dripped lessons and um, master classes and Q&A sessions and that kind of thing, there is a really rich community of other students of Vedic astrology that are involved in deep discussions and really beautiful com community learning kinds of activities. It's been really wonderful. I've always been this like sage on the stage type, you know, just teaching content. And actually, what is a better model, I feel, is guide on the side and let students really um, immerse themselves in, and, and teach me even, you know, like things that I never even thought of. We really learn beautifully in collective, in community. So that is my, my newest thing. I'm also working on creating something really exciting involving a learning community, um, bringing together astrology and entrepreneurship. So, so beautiful. This is what I'm up to. I love it. I love it. So where can people find out more about the community? You can go to risingstarastrology.com. Also on Instagram, risingstarastrology. Uh, my website also has information on all of my courses. And that is drkatyjane.com. K-A-T-Y-Jane.com. So beautiful. I love it. I think it's so valuable to know ourselves deeper. I don't think there's anything that's more important to everything we do, whether it's yes. or relationships or freeing yourself, right, from the past or who you're not, right, and discovering yes. who you really are. So I love that. And thank you for sharing that. And we're going to close out with asking you the four questions that we ask our guests okay. um, on the show. And it's just an opportunity to share maybe something that's going on personally for you or that an awareness that's come up for you recently. The first question is, what is a big truth that you've come across um, in your life recently? Yeah, I feel like recently I've, I've learned more about boundaries. It's, it's interesting before I, I came onto this interview, I listened to your past interview with Jean Hayner on the spiritual side of Chinese medicine and the yes. archetypes. And the first one was water. And I just thought, oh, yeah, that's me. Well, the next one was me, too. But that one was really me, the one that kind of floats and is it, it flows. And water people in, in Vedic astrology are, are um, empaths. They're intuitives. And they can have a problem with boundaries. And I've had a problem with boundaries, I think, my entire life. Not a problem. It's one of my life lessons. And, and recently, I've had a few incidents that have brought this truth so tangibly to me. And that is, what others think of me is none of my business. 
I know that's accredited to somebody. It's somebody's expression. But I really feel that so strongly. Like I, I can feel so much into what others are feeling that that can translate into an, a, a, a concern about their opinions of me and what they think of me and all that always changes. But, but we can get so upset about. So this has been a really big truth for me. So beautiful. That's huge. And so, you know, it's huge for anybody that is feeling the world, right? You're feeling, you don't even realize you're feeling, and then you're reacting to that, right? Because you don't want to feel those things. So, so what is it that you are releasing around this, this concept of boundaries? Um, I guess my attachment to other that they're really that that in order to I think gain peace of mind you have to become centered and you can't be centered if your awareness is constantly trying to fix others opinions or create impressions or adjust yourself according to others expectations all that kind of thing I think I'm and I'm not talking about being insensitive obviously because this is this is a correction to my oversensitivity but 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 really to come to that center and and make that my reference point instead of what I tend what I have tended to do I love that. It's so beautiful. And what changes in your experience as you're starting to do this? Oh, I, I feel like I'm less anxious for one. And I feel like I'm being a lot more efficient in my business and maintaining that structure so that I can do my work with more joy. It's so good. And, and the fourth question is around align. So when we honor who we are, right. And we honor our deepest truths, we feel that sense of alignment. And so what for you keeps you in that state of feeling aligned and feeling like good, right. And happy in your mind, body, spirit. Um, Nature where I live in India, in the Himalayas, the nature is so abundant and beautiful and the flowers are incredible. So nature, totally. My dogs, I have five dogs and I just think they are the absolute best thing in the whole world. And silence, just, yeah. just really aligning with that quiet silence. I was going to say meditation, but I think sometimes I I find, even though I've been meditating my whole life, sometimes I find just being quiet does the trick. I love that. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Katie Jane, for coming and sharing your wisdom. I think this will open a lot of doors for a lot of us here listening, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too, Shauna. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. 
join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.